You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Attack on Titan After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Attack on Titan After Show. Hey there, AfterBuzz fans. Okay, there yeah, we go. Yeah, there we yeah. go. <laughs> they changed the opening on us, but this is bad. <laughs> it's hard to say goodbye to the old opening, so we'll it hang on is. to it for a little bit. It's intense German right off the bat. I want to just, like, spike this microphone. I'm so pumped right now. <laughs> Throw something up against the wall. Hi, everybody. My name is Megan Salinas, and joining me on the AfterBuzz panel today is Katie Kellen. Hi, all my buddies. Oh, my gosh. John Quick. Sorry. This is what that's, happens when Dave's not around. That's correct. My name is, in fact, John Quick, as far as anyone knows. <laughs> and joining us on the panel today is Matthew Mercer, a.k.a. the voice of Levi. Hey, everyone. Yay! Hey. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if we needed to clap then. Yeah. No, the, I think we always should clap. So, yeah, I think I we should all do the Muppet flail. I agree. I like that. See. The Kermit Muppet flail is really, really great. Dave can't join us today, so I'm sorry to say, but we are so, so happy to have you in the studio no. today, especially for this episode, because it was just such a joy to watch this particular <laughs> episode. There's, uh. there's a lot in this episode. There's a lot of politics, and then there's a lot of internal drama, too. Mm -hmm. And then to just have kind of a beat down in the middle of the episode. <laughs> I don't think anybody really expected that. No, no. I think that that's kind of what really sticks out in my mind about the key. I guess each episode has its, like, shock moment and its reversal. You know, its story beat that catches you off guard. And since this doesn't have Titans eating people you didn't want to see disappear suddenly, <laughs> you know, it still needed its kind of a turn beat. And that definitely in the middle of a courtroom drama will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that and this was it was it was hilarious because it catches you off guard so much so you just kind of start laughing, but as it goes on, you it just started to feel really uncomfortable because yeah. it was a serious beatdown. There was a tooth lost, and there's probably a concussion in there somewhere, <laughs> at or, least one. Or two. A lot or of those two. hits looked kind of fatal-ish. Well, we had to fill the action quotient. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even the military police guys are like, I've, I don't think you should no, stop now. That's, that's okay, no. Yeah, I wonder if there's like one or two people in the courtroom that actually were kind of in the background getting a little turned on <laughs> watching it, that like unlocked something and then they didn't know they had. They're like, oh. <laughs> Hey, I you should come to court more often. Yeah. <laughs> you know there's at least one person who is regretting that they didn't bring popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> Some guy just turns in like, is this an everyday thing? <laughs> no, this is just Tuesdays. Yeah. No, this is just when we have special military tribunals that, you know, require life and death sentences. Where the rules are made up and the points Thursdays. don't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, so I guess we can go ahead and dive into this episode. We start off actually getting introduced. Um, we, we kind of get the aftermath of, you know, the people's reactions to hearing the news about a Titan, you know, on, on the side of humanity. And some people are like that. 
I don't know if I believe that. And other people are like, this is awesome. And so we, we kind of have that. But that kind of leads into the introduction of the commander-in-chief. And his name is Darius Zackley. And he's in charge of all three of the military regiments. I so, feel like that was missubbed. I feel like it should be Zachary. And they just... Zackley? Zackley. Exactly. It could be Zackley. I don't it's understand unique. the names yeah. in this series. I know a bunch of Zacharys. I don't know a single Zackley. So he'll always be the only Zackley I know of. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Darius then. There you go. Darius that is. guy. Darius. <laughs> right. Judge Judy up there. There you go. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is he like the equivalent of the president since he's the commander in chief? I know that there's a king, but is this would this be the prime minister then? I'm not quite sure. I, I, I feel like the commander of the armed forces. Yeah, maybe like not the war minister the pre- or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Not quite the president, but the step down. Okay, yeah. I just hear commander-in-chief and being American. I'm like, oh, it's Mr. President. Well, obviously, <laughs> everything works like America. Despite you mean it the doesn't? Fact that this is probably post-apocalyptic Europe somewhere. Well, this is probably America in about 20 years, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, like, no, that's Hunger Games. Oh, right, right. There we go. Well, I think technically in the, the old uh, world hierarchy... Like, the king was in charge of everyone, but, like, of course, there were different delegations. If someone was a duke, they were technically the one that was in the, like, out in front, com- actually doing the commands of the king in military operations. So, it's, you could guess you could call him, like, an old school duke okay. if you really wanted to. Okay, makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right, so basically he's in charge of the military then. And so we have him, and we kind of learn that he's going to be the one to kind of be the judge in this tribunal. And that's when we have uh, Pixis and Irwin having a leisurely stroll. They just happen to bump into each other, you know, on their morning walk, talking about uh, talking about Aaron and talking about this upcoming trial and kind of what the strategy is. And Irwin's strategy is basically we're just going to wing it. See what happens. That's what we're used to. I, I do like the idea that Pixis is representative of every military individual that lives long enough to get to where he is, becomes kooky and drunk. Because <laughs> yeah. that's about the only option you have in that society. Well, a few episodes he was going to try to promote someone because they could hold their liquor, and unfortunately that guy got eaten by a titan. Ah, so. oh, curses. These things happen. But These he things ended up happen. being a good choice, though, you have to admit. Yeah. Aside from the <laughs> eating part, that... That's a little well, rough. That's military life. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> some sometimes get, some get eaten. It's like sometimes it's training, sometimes it's peeling potatoes, sometimes it's getting decapitated by the molar of a giant. You know, Aww. you never see these things coming. It's just the way it is. That it's like still... milk, eggs, bread, murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough menu, uh. but it's a trope. The TV tropes people out there are going to be like, you quoted it wrong. It's actually this. <laughs> but that being said, it's really, it's very interesting to have these two talking together because they're, you know, we, we've seen them lead in their own rights. And so it's very interesting to see them come together and just kind of have this kind of quiet dialogue talking about Aaron's future and his potential fate. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and- no, we gotta go ahead. Man. I was, was going to say, it's really cool, too, because we've spent so much of the series focused on the people's fight for survival. You're now starting to see it delve into the existing political structure of the last bastion of humanity and how even in this small microcosm, it's still very politically uh, intertwined and, and there's a lot of selfish individuals and it's just non-functional in a lot of ways. And seeing these two these two uh, characters, you know, Pixis and, and Irvin come together on the wall, you can see that they 
are aware of how messed up the politics are, and they have to do stuff like this to make sure those stupid decisions aren't made. Yeah, they have to know how to play the game yeah. if you want anything to be accomplished and if you want humanities to survive. Yeah, that running theme of the price of peace, like a hundred years of complacency and peace, and this is what it's kind of bred into us, a lot of self. And, and we, we saw that in that recap at the beginning. Notice who, who the people that were excited that Aaron showed up were all of the poor and middle-class people that when Raul Rose, they were just like, a savior has come. Our Messiah is here. Yes, your giant murder-rage Messiah <laughs> is here. He kind of works it's as a Jesus. No Messiah. He kind of works as a Jesus metaphor, oddly enough, Aaron. And then everybody, but everybody within Walsina was afraid. It was like the, the status quo was finally, like, it, it was getting rocked again. Like, while Maria fell and the status quo was rocked for a little bit, but they managed to maintain by sacrificing 20% of all of humanity. Now they're afraid, you know, now they're not afraid of what's going to happen to mankind. They're afraid of what's going to happen to their world that they've their way so of life. lovingly built after 100 years. Exactly. Yeah. And so the people who are really excited about this are the people who are most in danger of being attacked by Titans. Yeah. So, gosh, these people. Bureaucracy. <laughs> Boo, politics. <laughs> but it is interesting. And we do. I really did like this dialogue. Um, but then we cut back to Aaron in his cell. And actually, we have a quick exchange between Armin and Mikasa really quick before they get called because they're going to be witnesses in the upcoming trial. And then we have Aaron in his cell and he's just kind of contemplating what it what it kind of means in his state right now and he's a monster and he can't really blame everybody for treating him like a monster and he starts contemplating his own existence and what it means and all of a sudden, surprise Hanji! <laughs> that was that face pressed up against the bars. <laughs> Holy cow, are you okay? I really loved this. This was like probably, especially after, again, such kind of a, a sad kind of monologue. You know, he's soliloquy. And um, and then just all of a sudden, Hanji, who's just really excited to get the chance to see this guy. You know, that, like that Victorian trope of the street urchin with, the, with her, his head? Pressed against the glass, staring at the toys. That was Hanji. That was her. <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> they are entirely too happy to see Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Dickensian is definitely a word I never thought of with Hanji before. You've now solidified that. Yeah. yeah. Just looking right into it. We're going to have tea parties. <laughs> and we're going to go for ex adventures in the woods. We're going to be best friends. And I'm going to examine you. What? going to study it so great. It's going to be wonderful. But friendship, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Science, sure. friendship. Yeah. You examine They're, your friends they go all hand. Time, right? We all have that Wait, teacher. <laughs> Is that just me? Sentence. Is that just me? Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> might have been just you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, no, no. no, no that, that, that makes sense. You go to school in the Midwest? Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's... No, okay. oh. oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Kentucky Public Schools, what can you want? <laughs> All right, we're moving on now. And everyone in Kentucky is like, hey. Oh, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> moving on, moving on. No more of that nonsense. Anyway, so we have Hanji escorting Aaron to the military tribunal, and we get introduced to another character named Mike Zacharias, or, yeah, Sicario. Which is one of the weirder names, which is why I'm going to call him Mike. But Mike has this weird character trait where he just goes and he sniffs people and he sneers. And Hanji just shrugs it off like, that's just what he does. That's our Mike. Who does that? He's like the Scout Legion's dog. 
<laughs> yes. This is the kind of guy where if you run into him on the streets of L.A., someone's getting maced. <laughs> someone's getting... It's just creepy. I don't know. I think most other cities he'd be maced. In L.A., that's kind of par for the course. I've run into a few guys that probably sniffed me the first time they met me on the streets of Hollywood. So that doesn't phase me anymore. And I love that they just Hollywood play you on and around in. Boulevard. Oh. <laughs> yeah? Have you been to Hollywood? <laughs> Only those lovely two <laughs> little blocks with Grumman's Chinese. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> Still. Um, so, yeah, okay, he might he might be more at home on Hollywood Boulevard then. <laughs> but, but I think this is just sort of kind of to get a notion that the people in the Scout Regiment are just kind of quirky, I Maybe. guess. They've all drugs. seen a lot of death. They've all seen a lot And they all of deal with death. it in their own way. Hanji has kind of gone off. We we were talking about this one-man band uh, is sort of the, uh, the analogy that we were making earlier. Uh, and Levi has become very stoic. I guess Mike deals with it by just sniffing people? Is and that it? Snaring. It just make, it would make me self-conscious because if he sniffs you and then sneers, like, what do you smell? Do I smell bad? Are you judging me? What? Give me some context here. Like, oh, pickles. And be like, oh, yeah, no, because I had pickles. That makes sense. But he doesn't even say anything. No, he just... I've been in a cell for two weeks. Of course I don't smell good. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a, a grand old device in storytelling. If you don't have time for characterization, just get out quirks. <laughs> Quirks replacing personality. <laughs> Don't fade into the background because background people die. That's yeah. true. Then again, in Attack on Titan, everyone dies. So yeah, it's not... if you have like one or two character traits, you're still pretty much a red shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone in this series is a red shirt. Our protagonist is a red shirt. <laughs> That's true. He did die that one time. Remember that time <laughs> when Aaron died? That was oh, weird. Yeah, that's yeah, that crazy. I mean, it didn't take, but. <laughs> Not for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, they're, they're on their way to the tribunal. And let's let's go ahead and start talking about this because we have a very interesting, we, we have Darius obviously being the judge. And then we have the military police and the scout regiment essentially fighting over what is going to become of Aaron. And the military police are basically weighing for Aaron to be killed and dissected and studied, but mostly killed. And we're then, gonna murder him, and of uh. course the Scout Regiment wants wants to wants to see what he can do. They want to use him as a weapon against the Titans. So, like, I guess, what do you go with here? Uh, and it's really funny that the military police are saying, "Oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this," and it's this long, drawn out plan. We're going to examine him. We're going to do a thorough examination. We're going to do an autopsy, and then we're going to make him a martyr for all of the people who died, so people can keep believing. And the Scout Regiment is just. We're going to induct him into the regiment, and we're uh, going to take back Walmaria. The Drop end. The <laughs> like, Do you have anything else to say? No. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. And Darius was just like, that, that, Seriously? that it? That it? You're, you're just going to have him punch big people? Okay. <laughs> it sounds like a sound plan to yeah. me. It was a mic drop. Just. <laughs> I love the Irwin mic drop. It's kind of yes. fantastic. But it really is just that simple and straightforward, and it's just all of this politics that are trying to muck it up, too. So it is very interesting to see how such a simple notion of just let's use him to fight can get caught up in all this red tape and all this nonsense. Well, well if you notice on the scout side, it's nothing but cadets and the scouts, but on the military police side, there is the, the wall church, and then there are also the merchants. Like, this is a military tribunal. Why are civilians even in here to begin with? Why did the military police lead them in? It's like there's 
uh, we already know, already know the military police are corrupt, and this yeah. is just like further evidence. I don't know about you guys. I've never seen a courtroom where like the people looking on can just throw their own opinion into the ring. Just like, hey, I think that guy is totally guilty. That doesn't even That's happen in Phoenix Wright. <laughs> <laughs> and Phoenix Wright is the bar for the bar for wacko courtroom antics. That doesn't even happen there. Hey, that's just how they roll in New Germany, Austria, Denmark, <laughs> Czechoslovakia, Prague, whatever. This place is. <laughs> Switzerland. New somewhat, new somewhat European? New Kinda. Central European. Yeah, I, I think Darius just doesn't want anyone to feel left out. Like, he feels really guilty. He's like, well, do you want to say something? Let him say something. I'll just slap my hand when I'm ready. Yeah, he didn't even have a gavel. No. He's just like, yeah. Just, hey, just like, everybody, settle down. <laughs> well, because he is the biggest man in the room, and they better be paying attention. Yeah, a man that wears that many layers and that kind of heat, you gotta, you got to respect him. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Usually those are cosplayers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he was wearing like this big old coat and this big old suit and with vest and all this tie and he's just and he's complaining about it's hot. Of course it's hot, dude. But he's got to wear them. How else is he going to show everybody his medals? Yeah, exactly. it's, that's pretty much the uniform. Yeah, this is the this is the thing that says I am important. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot easier to just carry around a sign that says I am important. I am important. <laughs> Season two. Be a lot cooler. Yeah, that's what Walt Season two, does. Darius. <laughs> Has that sign. It's going to be great. I am important. <laughs> Much easier cosplay for all the guys. Watching. You is important. You is special. You is loved. Aww. It was a good movie. <laughs> anyway, really quick, before we get more into the trial, I want to talk to you guys really quick about iTunes. Uh, just really quick. If you like what we do here at AfterBuzz, what? Really quick? Really quick. Okay. Really quick. If you like what we do here at AfterBuzz, go to iTunes, slap us with a five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate it, and it lets our bosses know that uh, that the show that we put on is something that you guys enjoy. Cool. Do it. There. <laughs> there, was that quick enough? Please. Yes, that it was, was good. really quick. Cool. Nice. There. Good. And I only threw like 16 likes in there. Anyway. <laughs> so getting back to the trial, we have um, we have the leader of the military police, you know, as we mentioned before, lays out this plan and that's when we get other people, merchants and the reverend throwing out their opinions too and it's very clear that the merchants are very scared about, again, this rocking the boat of their way of life. All they care about is maintaining business and maintaining their lifestyle. When we have crazy Reverend Nick throwing in his two cents, completely contradicting this guy, saying, no, if you reinforce the walls, that's desecration, that's blasphemy. Because the merchants want to reinforce the gates because the gates are the weak point, and that's what the Colossal Titan's able to kick down. So, you know, we reinforce them, we hang out in here, we don't ever send anyone out again, and we are safe. And so, walls Pope over there is <laughs> losing his noise about how dare you touch the creations of God. Da, da, da. Well, Titans can break the creations of God. Well, you're blaspheming. Well, it's really fun just listening to this conversation go down. Because it ends with, <laughs> shut up, Nick. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Well, and I, I've always kind of wondered what sort of social commentary um, the the whole wall cult was supposed to be making. Is it kind of making this sort of statement about just isolationism in general? I've heard that it's kind of a commentary on that, but that's that's one of the things it could be. Or is it just kind of a commentary on religious zealots in general? I'm not really sure. Do you guys have any? I'm going to go with all of the above. Kind of, yeah. Well, and, and, and knowing things that happen later in the series as well, some elements of that can be sort of justified, but it's that, that you know, mysticism misconstrued or, you know, through fear 
and through an isolated environment such as the society there is then twisted from what it initially could have been. You know, like the difference between religion and organized religion is that kind of a feel too, where what can be a good faith then turn into, for him at least now, what may have been just a, you know, a belief system. Now he has importance. <laughs> now, he, now he has people behind him. He's allowed into a military tribunal and his opinion has weight. That's, you're starting to see that overtake his, you know, his pure Good beliefs sense. at that point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little scary. <laughs> Very true. We need to have you on the panel more often. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then uh, we have actually witnessed testimony t- coming into account. And that's when we find out that Rico told everybody, of course, in her report, that the first thing Aaron did when he turned into a titan was attack Mikasa. And the military police is trying to use that. And Mikasa just gives her this glare. And she's like, did you want me to lie? Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. You should have lied. Well, and Aaron's kind of inwardly freaking out because he had no idea. Yeah, this is the first time he found out that he that he attacked Mikasa and that he went out of control because he has absolutely no memory of it and he's like and he has to sit there with the realization that he tried to kill the only family he has left that's not fun <laughs> not to mention they then brought up the whole Aaron uh, you know Mikasa killing those two people in their youth as well yeah what an awful thing for them to bring up yeah by the way guys just <laughs> On top of all the horrible emotional circumstance surrounding this trial, <laughs> let's bring up the fact that you were almost kidnapped and murdered as a child. <laughs> and we're going that to you use killed. the fact that you defended yourselves and somehow managed to kill your attackers to cast dispersions on your character. You're bad, people. Justice. <laughs> yes, justice. Although, admittedly, when that happened and we were talking about it, we were like, so a bunch of, so like two nine-year-olds just killed three grown men. That's, um, What? The murder. Like, <laughs> How did they even find out about that? How was this well, documented? The, mil- the, military, the military police were the ones oh, that were called. True. Aaron's what? dad went and got the military police who yeah. came in after the fact. I what? just remember the stabbing. <laughs> well, that is the most visceral part, yeah. Like those yeah. two guys, like one of them was like, so she stabbed him in the heart through his back. That's... <laughs> Really hard to do. That, and that's how a, is that possible? And that's, that's of course when anime. And that's of course when people start going, "Whoa, maybe Mikasa's a Titan too." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which actually, that would be an interesting twist. <laughs> could you imagine how much damage she could cause if she was the one that could turn into the Titan? Dear commenters, oh. don't say anything. <laughs> we don't want to know. <laughs> no spoilers in the comment section, please. Uh, we haven't read the manga yet. Neither so. have I. I've kept it away from me. I've had people <laughs> this close to spoiling stuff, and I've pretty much decked them in the face. So. That's good that you stayed wow. spoiler-free. Well, we well, we well, haven't well. been so lucky. <laughs> Somebody's about to make $20. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's how much it'll cost for me to shut my mouth right now. <laughs> Five, four, three, Turn his two, mic off. Turn one. He's just gonna get, you're just going to get decked in the face, John. That's not and how that works. on film. <laughs> And Tumblr and you will deserve every moment of it. You'll Shame still, on you. You'll still be spoiled. Hey, I knocked a tooth out of air and I... Oh, and, then, <laughs> and then, yes, this, that's perfect time to go ahead and talk about this beatdown. Oh, my gosh. Well, it starts with um, Aaron freaking out. 
Mikasa's not a part of this. Well, you would cover for her if she's a Titan. No, she's not. And that's and him. And that's and I love this series. This series is so good at the dramatic speech. I I have never I've seen some dramatic speeches in anime before, but never animated with such fervor. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they were saving the budget for this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and especially because he's not even able to stand. He's on his knees giving the speech, and they somehow still make it the most dramatic animated thing in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. He's yelling about, you're too afraid to go out and fight. You're complacent. Well, if you're too afraid to fight to live, let me do it. Put your faith in me. Give me a chance. I'm willing to fight. And, and then, after after calling them cowards and after saying, you know, giving his big speech, we have Levi decking him in the face, so much so that his tooth flies across the room, and Aaron looks just so surprised. Mm-hmm. Wait, we, we didn't talk about this part. <laughs> this is part of the plan, this or are you just really angry? Everybody looks surprised, even though everyone should have clearly seen the man step over the barrier, walk across, and kick him. Like, that shouldn't have been a surprise. And how bad are the military police at their jobs if they're, you know, they're so busy taking aim at Aaron that they don't notice somebody walking over the rails and walking towards the prisoner and then kicking him in the face. You've seen Levi move in battle. He's a quick guy. He's kind of small (laughs) underneath your line of vision, you know? (laughs) He defies the laws of physics. (laughs) (laughs) But in those instances, at least he has the Spider-Man gear. This time, it's just, you know, himself. (laughs) He's really short. All right, all right, all right. I'll go with it. I'll run. Whatever. (laughs) Go with it because it gives us the best part of this episode. Which is Levi's Kicking the daylights out of him. (laughs) What was it like? We kind of wanted to do for a little while. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. But what was it like recording this particular part of this episode? Oh, it was fun. It it, it, it was fun because it's in a weird way. It's it's more so than any other point of Levi up to that point in the series asserting extreme dominance over somebody else in this very cold way. You get you get more of a look of him from his thuggish years. You know, you get this this feeling of. Oh, oh, okay, now I see why people respect and fear this man. As he just sits there in front of the entire military tribunal, beating the crap out of him, (laughs) barely raising his voice and just saying, look, you're afraid of this? You know, (laughs) this is what you're, this is what you're deciding whether or not it's too dangerous to live or die. Oh, look, I'm still kicking him. (laughs) He's not getting up. I'm gonna grab his hair. We cool? You know, and it, it was so much fun to record, not only just from the impacts and that whole feel, but then when I went back for pickups, I got to hear it with everyone else recorded in there and hearing Bryce's impact sounds for Aaron <laughs> made it so much more visceral and painful to hear. I was just like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh especially the part where he puts his foot on his head and slams his face down oh. into the floor. <laughs> oh, it's like this gurgle to it. <laughs> awesome. Well done, Bryce. <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs> But um, but you mentioned a little bit of his um, his thuggish years. Uh, did they did they give you kind of more of Levi's backstory, or did you ha- kind of have to do your own research on that? All I knew was what they mentioned in the first season about him was that you know he, before he worked with uh, you know with with the scout regiment and kind of how he and Irvin met was he used to be kind of more of a street thug type character. He used to be a little more you know back alley black market type individual, and so playing that thuggish nature into his military kind of stoic psychosis was a fun merger to do for the character. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And it's a lot of fun to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) I've been actually wanting to ask because the the way that I've always viewed Levi is that he's kind of a high-functioning sociopath, not 
necessarily too far reviewed from like kind of how Benedict Cumberbatch plays like Sherlock Holmes was mm-hmm. like was that the approach did you go like okay he's a sociopath or is it this is kind of a a mask that he has very very carefully crafted over the years and it's a persona that he pulls on and off as kind of needed for survival uh, I I I don't see him as a full sociopath. I see that he, through his experiences, he's definitely kept his emotions in check and minimized them. You see bits of it peek through, like when one of his own soldiers dies, and then, you know, and I think it was in episode nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, ha- I think he does genuinely have some element of, of emotive capability, but I think just from the things he's done, the things that he's had to force himself to do, and the things that he's witnessed from everyone who he's cared for underneath him just dying so easily, it's dulled those receptors to emotional co- contact. So uh, I think he's built himself to be a sociopath as a defense mechanism more than he was born that way. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, And he actually does seem to have a lot of compassion there. It doesn't always come out, but when when it does, it is actually very moving. That, that episode, mm-hmm. a um, couple episodes back when that soldier did die, that mm-hmm. that was a very moving scene. And and not to spoil anything, but later on in the series, we we see that he does deeply care about people. Yeah, not to not to spoil anything. No, I think you might have just spoiled something by saying that. No. But no, he does <laughs> care about people. And you didn't even try to blackmail anybody. Come on, Megan, you gotta get with the program. When you're gonna do these things, you gotta say, "Pony up five dollars, everybody!" Or this is coming out my mouth. See, that's a good way of getting punched, and I don't want to do that. I might be this far across the table, but we've seen Levi's reflexes. I don't want any part of that. And trust me, when I voice a character, I share their physical attributes. Of course, but. Anyway, so the basically Irwin asserts um, to get back to the tribunal. Irwin basically asserts the proposal. Look, uh, we'll put him under Levi's command, and because clearly Levi will be able to kill him if he goes out of line. And our plan is to exit the wall, and we'll we will go and take the Shinganshina district, and we will go and uh, and. I don't think we get into the minutia of their plan, but yeah. uh, their their plan is to basically go out and test Aaron's abilities to see if he can be useful to mankind. Notice what a key um, factor that was missing in that nice little speech. He didn't mention the basement. He didn't mention Dr. Yeager. No, they didn't all. mention oh, the key not. or anything, yeah. which is probably for the best. Probably keep that on the DL is probably the best thing right now, especially when you have so many naysayers. I, I guess so, but like you got to think the military police know about it. I mean, Erwin talked to Aaron about that, like right in front of two MPs. Were they deaf or something, <laughs> or were they just like asleep? Or they just like doing their usual military police thing of like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be on duty. Let me, let me go ahead and pop this Percocet. <laughs> Ride it out. <laughs> well, they may have just taken it as okay. He's talking to his highly traumatized son. Maybe he has something for him in the basement that'll help. Whatever. It's a family thing. Oh, the last thing we want is for that key to become the series MacGuffin, any more so than it already is. Well, especially when someone realizes the door to that basement is probably wood, <laughs> and they could just break it. Yeah, but... I think we talked about that last yeah. time you were on the show, <laughs> that it's not even locked after yeah. all this time. Yeah, like, it's just, come on, <laughs> really? Seriously? So the key was absolutely pointless. <laughs> There's a family of the key was inside in you here. this whole come time. On. Boo! Oh. Boo! <laughs> No. <laughs> See, this series does that. Kingdom Hearts. That's only in Kingdom Hearts. 
Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> if this series does that, I will be thoroughly disappointed. I don't think this is the type of series to believe in the power of friendship and love. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a power of friendship series. This is a people die all over the place series. I don't series. know. It does seem to be about the power of friendship because the friendship between Aaron Mikasa and Armin is like this ultimate force of change. <laughs> it didn't I mean, keep didn't Aaron look- from dying. That's true. Huh? It brought him back. Yeah, it brought, it no, him. that was science. <laughs> Sweet magical science. It, kept, magical it science. kept him from dying again. Armin's defense of him kept him alive that second time around. And that wasn't friendship. That was logic. Right? <laughs> but without the friendship of Armin. He would have died if Pixis hadn't shown up and kept Commander freak out from giving Which the Which Pixis showed up to save them because maybe he wanted to be their friend. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Irvin Mike Drop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we can I come back for that. Goodbye. Well, we can't defend against Good an night, Irwin folks. mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Argument done. And this, ladies and gentlemen, that there, there is your idea for the uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fanfic fan crossover. On, Attack on Titan. <laughs> That is the source of it. Oh, uh, that's where it'll come in. Can Aaron's cutie mark be the little key? Oh, no. Or it's got to be like a raging skull or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Mikasa's is a bloody knife. Armin's is a book. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. Be- <laughs> he buys us a little Irwin. <laughs> and now I feel like Irwin's would be a mic. Yeah, probably. Yeah. See, there you go. I'm oh, not dropping a mic. <laughs> Actually, giant changelings. Oh gosh! Sorry, I no more. No more. No more. Dear fan artists, draw this. Well, we already have Doctor Who's in there. Yeah, that's true. But that's a canon AU. I don't think Hasbro's going to be throwing Attack on Titan stuff. Yeah, I don't think that's a co-branding thing that Hasbro's going to go. Oh, that would be amazing! It's like Netflix recommendations. If you like this show, audiences, you have to admit. No. Anyway, guys, that just about wraps it up for the time we have here. Um, Matt, do you have anything that you want to talk about? Anything you want to promote while you're here? Uh, yeah, off the top of my head, um, I'll be appearing soon at a convention called MatsuriCon at the end of August in Ohio. Uh, actually, next Saturday in Anaheim, me and uh, three other great voice actors will be down in Anaheim for an event called the Vox Reacts Tour. You can Google it. Uh, it's a one day only. We're doing panels and Q and A's and and blooper reels and stuff throughout the day. So if you are interested in coming down and saying hi to us, we'll be there next Saturday. And uh, that's uh, that's the extent of what I can think of at the moment. But yay! Oh, and uh, Muzzled the Musical made its goal. It did indeed. Our, our Kickstarter was successful. We're currently in pre production, getting scripts finalized, and beginning to get all that wondrous costume and prop construction into the four way. So it's uh, it's been great. Thank you all who supported us. We're really excited to get that uh, grooving and and get you the episodes as soon as possible. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited right. for that. Okay, yeah, that just about wraps it up. Matt Mercer, where can the people find you if they want to find out more? You can find me on Twitter, at uh, Matthew Mercer, uh, as well as Facebook. And, uh, yeah, those are pretty much your best avenues. <laughs> <laughs> John Quick. And they can find me on Twitter at, at NowQuick and also on the Legend of Tour panel. Katie. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxe. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on the Sword Art Online, Legend of Korra, and Biweekly Ruby panel. You can follow Dave on Twitter at the day, uh, D, uh, at the Dave Klein. If I could talk today, <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Attack on Titan panel. Thank you, Matthew Mercer, for Thank joining you us for today. Me. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Uh,